a lamp on a stand. Jesus said to them, do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces corn. First the stalk, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. As soon as the corn is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet, when planted, grows and becomes the largest of all the plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. This is the Gospel of the Lord. If you're planning um, on having some friends from St. Saviour's for supper in the next few weeks, you may um, consider the advice given by Matthew Bell in the current issue of the Tatler. Not that I read the Tatler, but um, I was directed to, this, uh, to the online version to this uh, fascinating article on what is acceptable and unacceptable at dinner parties. So Matthew says that public displays of getting rip-roaringly drunk are perfectly acceptable because couples who do it enliven the mood for everyone else. It's all right also to display affection via a bit of hand-holding or even all-out snogging. <laughs> However, public displays of drug-taking remain unattractive, you'll be relieved to hear, but likewise religious fervor. He goes on to say, it's fine to do the Alpha course. Just don't bore others about it, even if you think they need saving. God should only be discussed in private. 
So drug-taking and talking about Jesus is in the same category of unacceptable behavior, social behavior. Something of a contrast with Jesus' words that we heard about putting our lamp on a stand and not hiding it under a bowl or a bed. Yet while I cringe when I read this, I am aware that actually it is all too true of the society in which we live. And actually I know deep down how difficult I find it to share the good news of Jesus in those sort of contexts among people whom I know are really cynical about what I believe. How often I feel a real sense of failure when later I think of the opportunities that I have missed in a conversation. Now, Mike is quite right. Mike Norris is quite right in these days to encourage us to be bold in our faith. It may seem strange, but I actually find it easier to stand here and talk about Jesus or stand in assembly at school and talk about Jesus than one-to-one with a cynical colleague. However, before we bash ourselves too much, there is much encouragement from the two parables that uh, we've read, the growing seed and the mustard seed. But first, we've got these two curious verses, 24 to 25. Consider carefully what you hear. With the measure you use it, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Many years ago, I read uh, one notable commentator who made a comment which I find very helpful. He drew the comparison between parables and political cartoons. And here's an example. This Matt cartoon was published uh, a couple of days after the election. Now, if I was completely unaware of anything that was going on in the news in our country in the last two months, this cartoon would bring a smile to my face. This chap's table has not lived up to expectation. And that in itself uh, is humorous. However, if I'm aware of the Conservative Party's strapline about strong and stable government, and I'm also aware of the outcome of the election, the cartoon takes on a completely different level of humor and meaning, doesn't it? And no one does it better than Matt. So what Jesus is saying, at least in part, is that the more that you bring to the parables, the more you get out of them. And I think the cartoon then is a good illustration of that. So what, when we come to the two seed parables, we must remember that the Jews who were listening to Jesus' stories of the parables knew a great deal and listened a great deal to Scripture being read and sung, and in fact, many of them committed large chunks of it to memory. 
So the echoes in the, in the two uh, parables to passages in Joel, Genesis, Isaiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel, they're all there. All found on those two, uh, echoes of, those, of passages from those scriptures in these two paragraphs would not be lost on, those pe on the listeners. And they would certainly provoke a great deal of discussion. And he or she that had ears to hear would recognize within them, particularly when they thought about it carefully, that what Jesus was alluding to was something not entirely new, but the fulfillment, the beginning of the fulfillment of the promises of Scripture. That was there for them. He who had ears to hear. But what about us? How are we to understand them, and how are to, we to understand these two seed parables? Both of them begin, this is what the kingdom of God is like, or what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? So in the first, the farmer sows the seed, and we're reminded that although he or she has provided the right conditions for growth of the seed, the growth itself is a complete mystery beyond the knowledge of the farmer. And on the second story, the obvious point that a very small seed can grow by these miraculous means into a very large tree. So what do we understand by the seed? I suppose in some part the sense of failure which I feel and have described in those sort of social settings stems in part from my tendency to take, to assume that presenting Jesus is much more important and of a higher level than being Jesus. I'm not sure if it is only me, but I tend to, I, I, I all too easily lump together Bible study, witness, prayer, church, and put them in a box and label it Christian. And everything else in life is at best neutral. And certainly lower down the religious scale. The interesting isn't that Jesus actually loved to attend these social gatherings, and at times with some quite disreputable people. I don't find any evidence in Scripture, in the, in the Gospels, that he merely tolerated this sort of social interaction. And I certainly don't find any evidence that he somehow divided his time when he was interacting among the activities which he may call sacred and then everything else. Isn't it remarkable that John chooses to tell us right at the beginning of his letter that Jesus' first miracle was performed at a wedding feast. He attends the feast, 
he enters fully into it, and he brings the creativity of the kingdom of God to the party by changing water into wine. And in doing so, John tells us that he revealed his glory. I occasionally form part of a school inspection team, and uh, my side of it is to do with compliance, not education. And as inspectors in training, we're constantly reminded that it is 10% policy and 90% implementation. It is vital that a school has, for example, a safeguarding policy, among lots of other things. The school has accepted the importance of safeguarding and has created a policy to manage it. But it is almost meaningless if that policy is disregarded in the day-to-day -day life of the school. As Christians, having received the good news of Jesus, and even witnessing to it in word, in presenting Jesus, is terribly important. It is foundational. But rather like the policies, the 90% is being Christ. We could argue whether it's 50 or 90 or whatever, but you understand the point that I'm, that I'm making. Growing into the mature life of Christ takes time. As Eugene Peterson says, you can't hurry it any more than you can hurry a pregnancy. But being Christ. I'm more and more convinced that the context of being Christ is in the very ordinary day-to-day -day living. The very, very ordinary. Let me give you just a, just a kind of example. I rushed into the Super Sainsbury's supermarket the other evening for two or three things. In my hurry, I'm tempted, because it's near closing, to rush through the self-checkout. And I see a girl looking quite weary near the end of her shift on the till. So instead, I think, let me go to the till. And I interact with this girl for a few moments. I just take some interest in her as an individual and possibly pray for her going back to the car. It is quite extraordinary how God can take the seed of such a brief and simple interaction and in some mysterious way feed that through into God's new creation. You know, we don't need theological education to do that. We don't need lots of time. Anyone can do it. Back to the two parables. There's something pleasurable, isn't there, about watching seed grow, watching plants grow, whether you're a farmer or, or a gardener. Now, let's imagine the seed in the story is wheat. 
The farmer has, as, as Jesus has described, the farmer has sown the seed and he's watched it grow and has had no part in that it's grown. And he's taken, he's harvested the wheat. And let's imagine then that the wheat is milled. And someone else has the pleasure of baking bread and filling the kitchen with the smell of freshly baked bread. And there's nothing quite like it, particularly if it's Irish wheaten bread. But <laughs> I'm very tempted to digress there, but let's leave it there. But you know, God could have arranged things that the bed was provided for us. We're talking of Jesus who took five loaves and fed a multitude. He's perfectly capable of making bread. And yet he has allowed us to participate. The growth of the wheat is God's work. We don't know how it happens. We can't make it happen. We can't manipulate it. And yet God allows us to participate and enjoy the pleasure of producing bread. Likewise, the growth of God's kingdom is God's work. We can't add to it. We can't. It's God's work. We don't understand how he does it, but he does it, and it's his but he graciously allows us to participate in it. Isn't that extraordinary and thrilling? Participating in what Almighty God is doing. If, like me, you feel your contribution is very small, mine feels very minute, we can be further encouraged by the next parable because Jesus says, reminds us that the tiniest of seeds can grow into a magnificent tree. With that lovely little picture at the end of the birds enjoying the shade of the tree, somehow or other, it has fed through into God's creation. And thinking about that, why that extra little bit? But the small seed, the small contribution can be made into a magnificent tree. So as Mike regularly encourages us, we need to make sure that our lamp is not hidden, not like the advice in the Tatler, that we're not ashamed of the gospel, that we intentionally articulate the good news of Jesus, the cross, the resurrection, the hope of the gospel. ready to present Christ, but equally we are called upon to be Christ. Jesus says the farmer doesn't understand how the seed grows, nor do we understand how those tiny acts of compassion in Jesus' name can be used by God or have the potential to be used by God. And what is more, these tiny acts can grow beyond our imagination into great trees. May God give us boldness to speak about Jesus, the wonderful hope 
that we have, the faith, the forgiveness, reconciliation, what we, the things we've been remembering this morning. May we have the courage to share that in a world that desperately needs it. But also be encouraged and challenged that we need to be Christ. We don't need great skill to do this, to be Christ. So that in presenting and being, great trees will grow.